0: AM 1060 KDUS Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale, Phoenix.
1: It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. First down, fake it.
0: Bootleg, Flacco sets, throws. Looking for separation. It's caught. Amari Cooper down the sideline for the touchdown. Joe Flacco with the bomb to Cooper 75 yards. Pass interference. Defense. Number 37. That penalty is declined. Go
1: over the play. Touchdown. And there's more to talk about that as Stroud little play action to start good protection airs it out for Collins he's got it one play touchdown Texans 75 yards to start the night for number seven field just picked up his third foul. And now Green runs over Nurkic, and he'll be called for the foul. And they're going to take a look at
0: this. After video review, Green makes unnecessary and excessive contact to the face. The foul has been upgraded to a flavoring foul penalty, Two, And Green has been ejected from the game. There you go. When you hear excessive, that's it.
1: Draymond Green is out.
0: You said in in the past and even in recent weeks that like a certain mindset has gotten you to this point um, since you were 15 and Saginaw has gotten you from when you were in the second round pick. What's the journey been like knowing that that's been your mindset and then finding out that's not sustainable at this point in your life and then trying to figure out another way in real time?
1: I don't think it's not sustainable. You don't make it to this point if it wasn't sustainable. But like, let's face it, like antics, antics isn't something that got me here. When I look back on these situations, it's like, can you remove the antics? I'm very confident I can remove the antics. Berks in motion. Henry the call. Block by Stareski. He's drawn in. Touchdown. 18-yard touchdown run by Derrick Henry. What an incredible job by Mike Vrabel. The job he did getting his team ready today. They came out from the very first snap and, and played hard football, which you would expect that of them and can't say enough. Those are pre-snap errors that you can't afford on the road like this. Second and goal, Mims the motion man. It's Wilson on the keep. Russell Wilson for the touchdown. Gilbert goes inside to the freshman. Spins, and hits! A near impossible angle for Milan Monchilovic. Shed short, time running down. Roberts can't follow. And this one is in the books. Hill Magic. Making headlines again. Dial 602 260 1060. That's 602 260 1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM 1060. And now, here's your Sports Zone guide, Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060. Welcome to the Wednesday, January 10th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDU S A M ten sixty and KSLX HD two one hundred point seven, the NFL postseason: Who wins Saturday at Houston? Draymond Green: Will he play without the antics? Mike Vrabel: What team would be the best fit? Russell Wilson: Will he return to the Broncos? And in college basketball, what caught your eye last night? Couple big upsets, which we'll get to eventually. And in addition, what all caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. Ten fifteen, our uh, final fantasy football segment of the season. Uh, John McKechnie, a journalist from rotowire.com. We'll look back at uh, some of the uh, league winners uh, from the fantasy uh, season now officially passed. And also look ahead to the uh, postseason and a little bit to next year. There are plenty of postseason contests and you know fantasy leagues out there just for the postseason in the NFL. So we'll cover all that with John. 10:30 interactive action at 6:02, 260, 1060 plus the bottom line and also uh, some local roundup. Final segment of the show to be the national roundup topped by the college basketball scoreboard from last night. And then the updated NFL Super Wild Card round spreads and totals. There have been some changes since yesterday uh, at that time. Then after the sports zone from 11 to 1, it's the extra point hosted by Kayla. That'll include more phone call time. On to the pipeline we go.
0: time for today's pipeline where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion
1: then we start with the kdus poll question at kdus1060.com and today's question is who wins saturday's nfl playoff game at houston the browns or the texans and kayla is here and has the early returns right now a hundred percent confidence on the brown side of things Ooh. okay well Uh, You know, for you old timers out there, Joe Flacco is your man, (laughs) Uh, but it is Joe Flacco against rookie C.J. Stroud as far as the quarterback battle. The Browns open one and a half point favorites. That's now up to two and a half. So uh, the uh, betting public agreeing with uh, the voters so far here as far as at least who will win the game. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question Do you believe Draymond Green's commitment to play, quote, without the antics, end of quote? And Kayla, what do we have here?
0: Well, we have no leading the
1: way at 87.5% of the vote, yes trailing at 12.5%. This is over on Twitter X at KDUS AM 1060. Green has been reinstated by the NBA following what for now is a 12 game suspension, serving his after, you know, he served that after his cheap shot of the uh, sons, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, last month. Uh, spanning the globe, the Titans on Tuesday fired Mike Vrabel. That happened during our one-hour sports zone yesterday. Uh, we talked about that briefly yesterday. Uh, today, uh, first up, we uh, mentioned yesterday, Vrabel Vrabel's going to be unemployed for a very short period of time, assuming he wants to continue as a head coach. Uh, so let's assume he wants to continue as a head coach. So what team would be the best fit for Mike Vrabel? Meanwhile, the Broncos will not uh, shut the door on Russell Wilson, according to Sean Payton. Even though Wilson's contract for the 2024 season increases to $37 million if Wilson is still on the roster when the new league year begins in March, do you believe the Broncos will keep Russell Wilson for the 2024 season? From College Hoops, the University of Houston was the final unbeaten team in college basketball. They lost last night at Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State has uh, been a a big top-ten, top-team slayer over the years. More on that in the final segment of the hour here. Anything college basketball-related is certainly encouraged discussion uh, between now and the Final Four in April, which is in Glendale. Also, in addition to all these outstanding questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's a pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060. Or you can tweet the show at kdus1060.com or x slash Twitter. K, uh, let's, I'll, get this, I'll get this right at some point. x uh, slash Twitter.com slash kdus1060.com. I think that's Correct. Maybe, maybe it's not. You'll get. you figure it out. I figure if you you already figured it out, probably. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, like I was in that last sentence, uh, you'll be the target of this. Oh! Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update that'll be followed by uh, something I know, I can, I, I understand and can talk about. Uh, our fantasy football, our final, final fantasy football segment of the 2023 season. Uh, we'll look ahead to the upcoming, upcoming playoffs and then also the offseason some in next season in fantasy. We'll cover all that with John McKechnie from rotowire.com in the next segment. Once again, at the bottom of the hour to be phone call time, general discussion. 602, 260, 1060. Also, a little local roundup. Suns and ASU you know, do not play until tomorrow night, but we'll have a little bit on those two teams uh, in the uh, in that local roundup segment today. Uh, you're listening to Sports Now with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castleux HD2, 100.7.
0: Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060.
1: Ford Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLux HD2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. Right now, time for our final uh, fantasy football segment of the 2023 season to look back at the regular season, also look ahead to the uh, postseason a little bit and beyond. Uh, We're now joined, and out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports zone by John McKechnie of Rotowire.com. John, always good to have you on uh, once again. And the 2023 fantasy season has concluded since we last chatted, so let's go back and Kind of review the fantasy playoffs, starting with some of the league winners, so to speak. Running backs are uh, usually have the biggest impact in the fantasy world. So who were some of the league winners at running back who turned out to be you know, you know champions for their fantasy leagues in week 16 or 17?
0: Uh, let, let's see here. So, so the guys that, that kind of put you over the top um, over the last couple of weeks specifically, uh, let's see here. Well, Christian McCaffrey was kind of—he, I would say he's a league winner as far as uh, the amount of of uh, teams in fantasy football finals. Yeah, uh, you know, over 50 percent, I think, of ESPN leagues, their finalists mm. had Christian McCaffrey in there, but obviously didn't perform quite up to standards uh, late in the in the season. Did well against Baltimore. Uh, kind of had the the quieter game against Washington, where he got a little bit dinged up. So. Uh, that, that kind of had a, a petering out effect on his season, but still I would consider him r- right in that mix. Uh, Kyron Williams probably takes the cake in, in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy that uh, went largely undrafted was someone that uh, was picked up off of waivers early on in the season. A lot of people uh, viewed Cam Akers as a as a viable seventh, eighth round pick uh, in their drafts. That did not work out, on, unfortunately, for, for them, but if you scoop Kyron Williams and if you had the the uh, stomach to, to hang on to him while he was injured and then fire him back up, you were handsomely rewarded for, for that, of course. I thought James Cook um, really kind of made me eat my words. And I'm a Georgia Bulldog myself, but I, I did not expect him to have the season uh, that he did. His game against the Cowboys in particular was, was unbelievably impressive, but generally just a, a, uh, a really strong season from him really exceeded my expectations, particularly um, a, as a rusher. Um but beyond that, um, you know, so, some league losers, as it were. Uh, Tony Pollard was someone that got drafted too high relative to how he produced. A lot of people were betting on him. Uh, just keeping that efficiency but adding, you know, 150 touches to, to his ledger doesn't work that way. That's not how physics work. That's not how things work in football. So that, that ended up being a bit of a bust. Uh, I was on the receiving end of some teams with hard luck when it came to Austin Eckler um as well someone who was dinged up for a good bit of the season and, and then when, when he was back you know you you would hesitate and almost not even think about leaving him on your bench but that would have been the pragmatic move more often than not because he was a complete dud in the second half of the season
1: how about some wide receivers and maybe even tight ends that might have been league winners or uh in, as you mentioned uh, possible league losers
0: um, so, you know, again, we'll, we'll start at the top. Um, I felt like C.D. Lamb was really the, the huge difference maker um, th- this year in in the fantasy landscape because if you think back to your drafts in August or, or up to Labor Day, um, he was someone that was going behind Garrett Wilson. He was going in, in the same tier as, like, Jalen Waddell, uh, Devontae Smith, Chris Olave, and he ends up being, you know, effectively the, the wide receiver one uh, for, for the season outside of maybe Tyree Kill, and he was – Obviously healthy for for the entire season, C.D. Lamb was, and and just um, it, it's not just how he produced, but but the way that he set you apart from the rest of the other receivers uh, that were going in that range. That that it's not often that you, there's such a glaringly right answer uh, within a cluster of players in, in a tier, but Ceedee Lamb uh, certainly fit that bill. Uh, Nico Collins w- was huge down the stretch um, as well. Amari Cooper uh, obviously missed week week. 17, I want to say, but week 16, he definitely helped get you into your finals with that insane game uh, against the Houston Texans, and and hopefully he'll be healthy enough to to be uh, ready to go this weekend when when they have that that rematch. Um, And then, you know, as far as your disappointments are concerned, I would say Stephon Diggs as a surefire first-rounder, those days are likely over. Going forward, he, he's not, you know, o- over that age 30 threshold just yet, but something feels off. I feel like a move to a different team it isn't uh, too far-fetched of an idea, depending on how the Bills' season ends up. But uh, whether it was the, the switch from Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady or, or just a, a general, uh, you know, conscious decision from Josh Allen to, to look elsewhere in this offense to, to make it go, which it ob- obviously did down the stretch. Um you know, it, it resulted in, in uh, fantasy managers being pretty disappointed uh, in their first-round investment. I would say that even though he missed a bunch of time, I, I still felt like Justin Jefferson was had a successful season. Um, you know, on a per-game basis, he was still an unbelievable asset for for your fantasy team. But I think going down the list a little bit, so, some other guys that, that may have been disappointing uh, to to their drafters, Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith, uh, like I mentioned. Keaton Allen was great while he was healthy, but then obviously things went a little bit sideways there towards the end of the year. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I, I thought, was another guy who really stood out um, over the course of the season and found himself on, on a lot of winning rosters.
1: How about some quarterbacks? Same topic here. Uh, you, know, you know, so-called winners, losers from the. It was a wild year for quarterbacks in fantasy. It seemed.
0: Yes, it, it really was, and and you know the, the runaway MVP, Lamar Jackson. Wasn't really necessarily even like the the best fantasy producer. Um, you, a lot of the time, you, you were able to find guys a little bit later on in drafts that, that really helps put you over over the top. C.J. Um, Stroud, I think, really stands out to me as, as someone that you know by like week three, week four, especially if you were someone that, that drafted an Aaron Rodgers or a, a Justin Fields when he was struggling, and then ultimately got hurt you're like, what am I going to do at quarterback? Well, I guess I'm going to throw this rookie in for, from the Texans and, and see what happens. And, and uh, you know, that, that seemed to work out extremely well. Stroud, Stroud just an unbelievable rookie year, and, and I think that we have to look forward to him being uh, one of the elite quarterbacks in this league uh, for, for quite some time going forward. Um, I thought Matthew Stafford's renaissance this year um, was amazing. I, I thought that, you know, for, for him being a, a 13th, 14th round type of pick to put up the production that that he did extremely impressive stuff really elevated uh, you know other league winner types like like Puka Nakua um, and and Cooper Cup Uh, both those guys really kind of maximized that as a result of Stafford staying healthy and playing well over over the course of the year and Brock Purdy and Jordan Love I think those are two other guys that uh, were drafted late and and really uh, gave their their fantasy managers and their investors a a pretty significant profit and and let the the important thing to me when when it comes to quarterback is you have it locked in. You're not having to make that that tough decision every single week. Like I, I had a couple roster constructions where it's like uh, I invested in in Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. Like what, what am I supposed to do on on, on a given week? But um, you know when when you have things a little bit more stratified at quarterback, you have your guy. Uh, especially if it's someone that you found late, but you you can you know find that that trust and that reliability in uh, that that's huge, and that's one less uh, tough decision that you have to make because obviously every every week you've got bench guys at receiver, running back, or tight end that are much trickier to figure out. Having quarterback off your plate is is always huge. So getting that locked in um, and, and being able to do so uh, with with a late round draft pick uh, that that something can definitely set your your uh, team apart.
1: John McKechnie of rotowire.com, currently in the sports zone. We talked some fantasy football, and there are fantasy leagues or contests for the playoffs beginning this week. Is there a best way to do a four-week contest, or is there something you can get involved with? Uh, you know, I'm in a league. I'll explain that in a couple of minutes. But, uh, you know, what, what, what's actually the best approach if you're going to try to do something fantasy-wise for the postseason?
0: Yes, so the, there are a wide variety of options if best ball is something that, that you've been looking to try, um, I, I wouldn't say that this one is for uh, the the faint of heart because it, um, the, the tournaments in these best ball formats can be a little bit cutthroat. But if you play on DraftKings or Underdog, they offer tournament contests. Uh, but you have to make sure that you pay attention to the, the structure of those tournaments because you, you're, you're in a league with, you know, a six to eight, the The leagues aren't as big because you know obviously there aren't as many teams uh, but you have to win every single week in in order to advance but if you do the right type of contest selection where maybe there's an overall um and, and it's not quite that that cutthroat of a week to week elimination, that's certainly a good way of going about it and last night I was able to participate in a in a uh, in a draft for the playoffs uh, that that covers the entirety of it from the wild card all the way to the Super Bowl. And it's mm-hmm. not a week by week elimination. It just covers the the entire thing. And my team, uh, I wish I could. I wish I could take a few things back. But um, essentially, the the guiding principle that you want to have going into one of these playoff drafts is pick a narrative and stick with it. Because correlation, I think, it is it, it's big in, in season long face football, but it, it is absolutely paramount um, in in playoff best ball or play, playoff fantasy because, say, you, you're you a believer that the Browns are, are going to make a run and, and potentially make it all the way to the Super Bowl. In that case, you get four games out of them, so you're going to want to be able to attack guys like Joe Flacco, uh, the running back room, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, guys like that, because you, you can really get some serious leverage on the field o- over teams that are uh, more so stocking up on the chalkier favorites like, like your Cowboys, your Ravens, your 49ers. Uh, teams like that so, so it, it's good to have uh, some exposure to, to those teams of course um, but but also having a good amount of exposure to your cho- chosen dark horse I think is also important so last night for example uh, I did load up on, on a decent amount of Houston personnel uh, with CJ Stroud, Nico Collins and uh, and also their, their defense but uh, not every league do, does the defense for, for this but um, also other notes for this is making sure that you have exposure to both the AFC and the NFC conference to give yourself some coverage. Mm-hmm. If say you, you know your Browns uh, go out th- this weekend and, and lose to the to the Texans, you want to make sure that you still have a little bit of NFC exposure to make sure that you you still have uh, some some guys alive as the, as the postseason progresses.
1: You mentioned, you know, I, I'm. In fact, I'm in a in a league that you know, we we draft on Friday for the entire postseason. Obviously, you know, as you mentioned, you know, the top seeds, uh, top teams, Ravens, Cowboys, you know, Niners. Obviously, they're going to really be be you know, they're going dominate the player pool. But you know, the, you, and the Bengals, two, you know, two years ago, playing four games, you mentioned uh, the Browns and the, uh, the, uh, the Texans as possibilities of you know, guys that could play, teams that could play for a couple of weeks at least or longer in the postseason. Is, is there an NFC team that kind of falls into that category, or are we just kind of top heavy in that, uh, in that conference?
0: I wouldn't be shocked if we got – or I would be shocked, but I think it's on the table for there to be three upsets uh, in the NFC this weekend. I I would start with uh, the the Buccaneers as a team that that I think is getting slept on in in these uh, fantasy markets right now. Um, I think they have a very good chance to to beat an Eagles team that is really, really limping into the postseason. I was willing to give the Eagles one more shot last weekend when they were going to to face the Giants because it's like, okay – you've been struggling, here's your chance to, to uh, kind of get right before the postseason. Uh, what happened, they just kind of got trounced by the New York Giants. That's It's not a great sign for them coming in. The Bucks are at home in that matchup, so it wouldn't shock me if they get that one done. Uh, the Packers, I, I expect the least uh, to be able to pull off the upset, but they are an explosive team. So even if uh, we, we don't get a deep playoff run out of them, um, I think we could expect so, some pretty good numbers in a one-game sample. Uh, from guys like Jordan Love, Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed, uh, those types. And, um, you know, I think the winner of of the Rams-Lions game has a good chance of of advancing uh, to the NFC Championship game. So so bear that in mind. Make sure that, you know, you kind of have it in, in your uh, frame of reference, who you think is going to win that game on Sunday. If you think it's going to be the Lions, I think that you're banking in um, upwards of three games potentially. And, and same deal for the Rams. I think if the Rams get out of Detroit with a win, uh, they're going to be viewed as one of those really, really dangerous teams going into the divisional round as well.
1: Talking with John McKechnie from rotowire.com. And, you know, let's get into the, uh, to a little bit of look-ahead for the 2024 fantasy season. Um, have you formulated a, roughly a top five for next year so far?
0: Um, so the the top five, uh, over on rotowire at least, so that these are – these are not my rankings specifically, but this is, this is how we expect the, the, the top five to go, and this is how we rank them. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, the 1-1, one, one, uh, I think he, I think I agree with that. He's still uh, the, the guy, and especially with running backs, it, it being harder to find a true workhorse that, that also catches passes. Uh, he's pretty much the, the only one that, that fits that mold uh, at this stage. Uh, Justin Jefferson – uh, number two in our rankings, I, I wouldn't fight anyone for, for putting C.D. Lamb in there um, or even Tyreek Hill, assuming that Tyreek Hill um, still has the wheels. Looks like he still does, so I don't think that speed element's going away. He's still going to be that number one guy for for the Dolphins, so I would have him at three. Um, I'm a bit uh, willing to disagree with my employer on Kyron Williams as, as, the, as the number three. I, I think that there's too much that can happen this offseason. Uh, with, with the Rams. I don't know if they will go into next year with, with that lack of depth in the backfield to where, you know, Kyron Williams has to be the, the end all be all playing hundred percent of the snaps type of thing. So I do view uh, Kyron Williams at this stage to be the, the obvious sort of early round trap uh, going into 2024, because it, there's just, there's just not quite enough prospect pedigree. I, I think that the NFL sample has been very strong for him, but I, I do worry that, that it goes away because he doesn't have that, that sort of trump card as, as far as his athletic traits are concerned. Um so it's gonna be a wide receiver heavy um first round. I, I think guys like like um Amon Ross St. Brown fit, fit the mold. I think AJ Brown is still in that discussion. I, I'm I'm interested in Jamar Chase uh in a bounce back year as well. You know, didn't have Burrow for a lot of this year. Got danged up uh late. I think that he's someone that, that's definitely going to be worth considering and, and uh, i think that for at least this year this coming year we, we are not going to see the first round tight end like we did with, with travis kelsey in 2023
1: john you follow college football closely uh you know we don't know where guys are going yet but uh, what rookies might have a fantasy impact in
0: 2024 um so i think you start with the quarterbacks i, I think Um, You know, it it can be tough. You know, you can have a Bryce Young situation, so hopefully Caleb Williams can avoid that if he ends up going to Chicago. Uh, I think he would because the the team context there is much stronger um, than than what Bryce Young was walking to uh, there in Carolina. Uh, Drake May um, sort of would be the C.J. Stroud uh, analog, but I'm not sure that he's quite as good as Stroud was coming out of Ohio State I think he he's a little bit overrated to to be honest with you but interesting nonetheless it, in uh in dynasty Jaden Daniels is the interesting one be, because he has that rushing upside in addition to the polished passing game uh but you do wonder how much of his ability to to dominate this year was based on the fact that he was a lot older than than the guys uh he was facing and also had uh an elite uh supporting cast around him Re- receiver is is where I think there's going to be the most Fantasy interest from this rookie class—it's um, it's an unbelievable class. I, I think you have Marvin Harrison as the clear number one, but Washington's Roma Dunze, uh really showed himself uh, that this past year. I think uh, Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors, both of LSU, helping Jaden Daniels uh, were, are you know legit NFL starters for, from the jump. And then my kind of sleeper for, from uh, from that group of of, uh, of receivers is, is probably Troy Franklin. Uh, from from Oregon, he yeah. sort of reminds me of a West Coast version of, of AJ Green. Just a really graceful um, player with with the ball in the air. I really like his game a lot. And then unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're we're going to have uh, any first or maybe even second round uh, running backs th- this year. Blake Coram might be the guy, but uh, and I think he, he can be a decent plug and play option. Not going to offer you a lot in the in the passing game, but um, he's someone to keep an eye on. I think Audrick Estime for, from Notre Dame is interesting. I think Trevion Henderson uh, from Ohio State is, is interesting as well. I think you know what he showed as a freshman. If he can tap back into that, uh, he's probably the best back in this class. And then Trey Benson from Florida State as well.
1: Plus, yeah, you know, Henderson has pass, catch, pass uh, catching skills, which I don't think they used quite enough, quite frankly, at Ohio State. All right, back to the uh, fantasy, back to the NFL playoffs. You know, where else can people uh, hear you the next few weeks? Uh, whether it be uh, this week regarding the uh, the uh, the upcoming playoffs or uh, the uh, you know, the draft or you know, looking ahead to the uh, the off here. So uh,
0: we we keep the the RotoWire uh, fantasy football podcast going year round. Um, so we'll, we'll shift our focus uh, tomorrow. And every Thursday through, throughout uh, the postseason and, and all throughout the off season as well. Um, so we'll, we'll start focusing on playoff ball strategy tomorrow and, and breaking down the games from a fantasy perspective. Uh, that that'll be live streamed on RotoWire's YouTube channel and on Twitter. And uh, I'll also re- be sure to retweet that at John's underscore Tailgate uh, over on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Um, and and uh, we will also <laughs> be doing our RotoWire Sports Betting Podcast. Um, And that runs just through the Super Bowl. And we'll pick that back up at the start of next season. But Nick Whalen and I do 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 our best to to kind of handicap the games and and give out our best bets, our parlay, our favorite parlays uh, every single week. So that 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 runs on Thursday nights. And that's also uh, live streamed on our YouTube and, and our other social channels.
1: John, this has been great. I really appreciate it as always, and uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, we'll catch. I, I guarantee you, we'll catch uh, catch up with you again before, certainly before the maybe right after the uh, you know, the early cluster of NFL free agency moves, because you know some guys are going to move and be in a better teams fantasy wise. So we'll definitely catch up a couple of times before next fall. Thanks for everything.
0: Looking forward to it. I, I really enjoy coming on with, with you every week during the football season. And, and uh, you know, anytime that, that you want uh, to, to break things down during the offseason, uh, I will make it happen on, on my end. So no problem there. Uh, looking forward to the next time we chat down the road. And uh, best of luck in your, in your uh, fancy playoff pools and, and all that good stuff. And uh, enjoy the playoffs.
1: You too. Thanks much. Always good talking to you. John McKechnie from rotowire.com, tremendous stuff as always. And uh, as I mentioned, we got a big draft on Friday for the uh, entire playoff pool. Uh, So uh, I'm getting ready for that. But I'm really not going to get ready for that too much until Thursday night. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, got too many things to do. It has to do with the show here, including the next segment. Phone call time, general discussion, 602 260-1060 260-1060 also get to a little bottom line for today's pipeline questions and also uh, some local roundup time pending depending on the phone call volume. You're listening to Sports on with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM AM 1060 and Castle HD 2 100.7.
0: HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with
1: Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. General discussion to the KDUS hotline if you want to get in right now, 602. 260 1060. Uh, we'll get to uh, you know let's get to uh, first up, let's get to some bottom line answers from today's pipeline. Uh, first up we start with a repeat of the poll questions for today and the kdus 1060.com poll question is who wins Sunday's and excuse me Saturday's NFL playoff game Matt Houston. Uh, the Browns or the Texans. Uh, in addition to that the uh, Twitter poll question, the X Twitter poll question today. Do you believe Draymond Green's comments uh, to play, quote, without the antics, end of quote? Uh, so we'll answer those questions during the Extra Point hosted by Kayla uh, from 11 to uh, 1 o'clock. We'll get to those uh, questions in the 12 o'clock hour. Meanwhile, some bottom-line answers for the other pipeline questions for today. What team would be the best fit for Mike Vrabel? And the bottom line, the best available right now uh, is the Chargers uh, with Justin Herbert under contract, but the Chargers are in salary cap hell, and they also have multiple weak spots in their roster. I actually think that Vrabel's best spot would have been would have been perfect fit in Chicago, but it was announced this morning that Matt Eberflus will be staying in Chicago. They fired a whole bunch of offensive assistant coaches but Eberflus has survived and is going to return next season, according to the announcement today in Chicago. Obviously, the Bears had the first overall pick of the 2024 draft, and they have a far better current roster than the Chargers do. Meanwhile, do you believe the Broncos will keep Russell Wilson for the 2024 season? Bottom line here is that nobody really should believe Sean Payton or anybody else suggesting that Russell Wilson returns in 2024 in Denver, unless... Wilson rips up his contract deal, uh, which is currently worth $37 million for next season, and he would agree to a new deal for far less. Meanwhile, uh, also anything from the college basketball world is certainly can encourage discussion from now until the Final Four is played in Glendale in early April. Uh, we'll have more on uh, the Houston, no longer the lone, undefeated team in college football, uh, college basketball, excuse me in the next segment. And Purdue also lost for the second time this season last night. We'll have that uh, once again to start the national roundup in the next segment. Quickly, a couple of local roundup items here. The Suns are idle until Thursday. The Suns' defense has actually been idle all season. Uh, I don't even know if that's the right term. I'm not a a mechanical, uh, you know, a a car mechanic type of guy. In fact, never, ever did anything mechanical to a car over the years, a car. Uh, what I do know, the Suns is rare, they rarely guarded anybody at any point this season. I mean, I'm sure about that part. On Monday night, this is hard to say, but they might have actually played their worst defense of the season. Uh, they allowed 30 points or more in every quarter. They gave up 138 points, and the Clippers shot 62% for the game. This is the NBA. It's not some mismatch in college basketball, but it was a mismatch for the Suns against the Clippers. Uh, pretty, amaz- pretty amazing Pretty in itself. They also gave up 62 points in the paint on Monday night. The Suns were minus 19 in rebound margin. It was atrocious. Uh, so we'll see what happens next. In fact, next, the Suns remaining in Southern California. They face the uh, seemingly dysfunctional Lakers on Thursday night. That's an 8 o'clock TNT game and hopefully the TNT broadcast team will not continue to spread the inaccurate notion that the Suns are actually a contender. So as far as the Western Conference standings go at this point, uh, Minnesota, I'm going to do loss column here, but Minnesota has the best record with a a 26-10 record. Uh, Oklahoma City has 11 losses, Denver 12, 13 for the Clippers, 14 for the Sacramento Kings, 15 for the New Orleans Pelicans, 16 for Dallas, 17 for Houston, 18 for the Suns. They're in ninth place right now, which means a play-in tournament game. And then the Lakers are actually the 10th seed right now with 19 wins. Uh, And then there's a whole bunch of teams that have 18, 19, 20 losses. Excuse me, 20 losses I meant as far as the Lakers are concerned. Uh, So there's uh, how that goes. But that's the first time I've done the uh, NBA Western Conference standings this season. And I'm not sure how often I'm going to be doing this during the season, quite at least for a while. Uh, probably, you know, I'm guessing for the next at least month, I'll probably not even bring it up. But I did today. Meanwhile, ASU also returns to action on Thursday night. The Sun Devils, a surprising four and zero on conference play, they hit the road for a one game trip uh, to Seattle. They face Washington on Thursday night. ASU, Oregon, they're the two teams that are 4-0 and zero in Pac-12 conference play. Arizona and Utah, uh, excuse me, Arizona is 3-1. and one. Everybody else is you know, 500 or below uh, at this early stage of the Pac-12 season, including Utah and Colorado. UCLA, Stanford, all four of those teams are 2-2 two and two at this point. UCLA and Cal at the bottom. UCLA lost to Cal at home in Westwood last weekend, and Mick Cronin uh, did not meet the media after that game. And Bill Plashkey our friend from the Los Angeles Times, wrote a, I think, accurate scathing column regarding Cronin not showing up for the press conference in the state of U, uh, UCLA basketball at this point. All right, that's it for today's local roundup. Coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's Sports Zone. We'll get to some national roundup. We'll start off with the college basketball scoreboard. A couple of uh, upsets from last night. And they're legitimate upsets. There were actually teams. You know, it drives me crazy, as I've mentioned, for many, many years. Drives me crazy when the media just looks at the rankings and to determine an upset and don't look at the point spread. But the last uh, two games last night were legitimate upsets in college basketball. And we will get to those and also time pending a little bit from the NFL uh, super wild card round. There are some line changes since yesterday at this time. So we'll point out a couple of those things in addition. Don't forget the extra point hosted by Kayla coming up from 11 to 1 o'clock. So stay tuned for that. Right now, you're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSA M1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7.
0: social information about kdus am 1060 try kdus 1060.com at kdus am 1060 on twitter and facebook.com slash kdus am 1060 it's time for today's national roundup welcome back final segment
1: today's sports zone with bob kemp on kdus am 1060 and Castelux hd2 100.7 Uh, Quickly from the college basketball scoreboard, the University of Houston no longer the lone unbeaten team in college basketball. There are none now after Iowa State knocked off Houston last night. A miraculous shot in the final seconds, and uh, Houston uh, failed to score. They lose 57-53. I had not watched Iowa State until last night. Uh, They're now 12-3 overall. Uh, They entered the game, here's why I hadn't watched them, with the 284th toughest schedule, or least toughest schedule, depending on your viewpoint, in college basketball. Iowa State continues to just do an amazing job. Over the last two seasons, they have seven wins against top ten opponents. Now, granted, it's the Big Big 12 Conference, so they play a whole bunch of top 12 opponents. Uh, But they have dominated... I wouldn't say dominated. They won a bunch of those games. Houston, on the other hand, uh, they had won the, their first uh, 14 games of the season. They had actually won 12 straight road games going back to last year. They lost, and they might lose again on Saturday. They play at TCU, which got hosed at Kansas and a horrendously bad call, in my opinion, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, meanwhile, Purdue, they also got beat last night. They got routed in fact last night. Nebraska won over Purdue in Lincoln, 88 to 72. 41 years since uh, Nebraska beat the number one team. The last time was uh, you know, 41 years ago, obviously. Uh, they beat Missouri at that time, top ranked Missouri 67 to 51. think that Steve Stepanovich and John Sunvold on that Missouri team. Uh, didn't have time to look that up, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Houston, uh, they had a, you know, their offense is a little shaky, but their defense is spectacular. But uh, they had not also played a very challenging schedule in the non-conference and lost last night. All right, super wild card round. A couple of line changes caught my attention. Uh, Kansas City at this time yesterday, there were some three-and-a-halves out there. It's pretty much all four now with the Chiefs favored against the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins have just completely run out of pass rushers. They had a couple of street-free agents yesterday. More on that in a moment. Meanwhile, Detroit, uh, there were some three-and-a-halves out there yesterday. There's only uh, there's like one or two of those on planet Earth, to my knowledge, at this point. Uh, so I did scoop up some three-and-a-half. I'm definitely on the Rams uh, in the game against uh, the Lions this weekend. So I did get some three and a half. It's pretty much three everywhere at this point. And Tampa Bay uh, hosting Philadelphia. That game has gone from two and a half to three pretty much everywhere worldwide. I mentioned the Dolphins. They've got some uh, defensive line issues and pass rush issues. They added a pair of street-free agents yesterday. They've had some history in the league, but there were street-free agents. There's a reason they're out there. Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin uh, score, both uh, signed contracts yesterday with the Dolphins. and At least Houston, I, I'm pretty certain, is expected to get some extensive time this week. In addition to that, uh, the, the uh, Chargers, uh, they, they've been a clueless organization for some time. I think this uh, kind of confirms that they're still a little clueless, no matter who's running the operation. Steve Wilkes. Uh, the current Niners, 40, the Forty Niners defensive coordinator, the worst Cardinals head coach since I've been covering the team since two thousand and two. Uh, he's going to get a job interview for the head job with the Chargers. I understand he did a nice job with the Panthers last year, but you know the, he was just completely in over his head, at least the first time around as a head coach when he was here with the Cardinals, and that was a one and done year. That was actually one of the things that I think that. Uh, Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell and whoever else was, uh, you know, those are the two guys that made the decisions. Uh, but I think they did that part right because I remember watching training camp every day just thinking, what is going on here? Uh, Wilkes seemed to be completely in over his head from the start of training camp until the end of his one season here as a head coach. All right, stay tuned. Next two hours is the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That includes more phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.